0: You are listening to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class. This podcast and is the Exceptional Life Strategist, helping men get the health, wealth, and happiness in their life so they can live that exceptional life. This series, I have to say, is getting a ton of feedback, which is amazing because this has really been helping a lot of different people wherever they are in their wealth journey to get to the next level, maybe to break down some concepts that just overwhelm them, but to really help get people unstuck. So I'm super happy to get back into it. If you're listening to this for the first time, go back and and watch this series, because this series is powerful. This is a series that every single time you listen to it, you're gonna get something else out of it, and that something could be the next thing to level up your game, so stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, guys. We uh, This episode... We are, just as we promised last episode, but we kind of got derailed. But this episode, we're going to stick with the scrappiness of expenses. So last episode, if you're catching us for the first time, if this is the first time you're tuning in to the series, uh, Chad Sutton and I are going through the myth of riches, helping to break down some of the mindsets, some of the tactics, some of the strategies in helping break down the the confusion around wealth, helping you on your wealth journey, regardless of wherever you're starting, whether you are, you know, haven't started one lick or whether you've got some money, but you're just looking for more freedom. So uh, last episode, we jumped into a whole bunch of time and ways that you can start to claw back your time. And today we are going to get into expenses, the ugly word that nobody wants to talk about, but we're going to go there. So welcome back, Chad. All right, here we go. So I promised to stay on topic this time, guys. With the last one, we got
1: a little passionate with,
0: <laughs> but it was good. It, again, if you didn't catch that episode, I, I that one is going to go down and as one of the gold stars, um, the Hall of Fames, because there was a lot of there was a lot of subtleties in there that I think will help a lot of people out for their journey because people just feel gridlocked. They feel gridlocked on time. They feel gridlocked on the expenses. And it's how do you get out of that gridlock and start with just even the first little step. And once you get that first little step, now all of a sudden you start getting towards momentum. So Chad, why don't, why don't you walk us through, you recently went through sort of like a slashing mm-hmm. and really dissecting your expenses because you were trying to free up more cash flow so that you could take on some of these deals for investing. And buying yeah. time and a lot of stuff that we got into last right. episode. So walk us through sort of how you how you went about that. How would you go about your expenses?
1: Yeah. So the last episode, we really talked about time audit. And, and so let's say that you've done that. You've been doing that for a while and you're fast forwarding. Now you're trying to figure out like, when do I pull the ripcord? When do I jump out of my W-2 and focus on my business? Or whatever it is you're trying to do. You're trying to figure out how to optimize your your expenses so that you can focus on growing your income yeah right i'm just going to tell you what i did and and you know this is a case study but it's not the only way to do it like what I, the, the whole point of this episode is get scrappy because you have to figure it out you know and and your everyone's situation will be different what worked for me will not work for you but maybe you can take some bits and pieces of it Right. So just to remind everyone what my situation was, my wife and I were both employed. You know, my wife is in the medical field. I was in, you know, a Fortune 50 company working as a supply chain executive. Right. So we were both making well into the six figures at this point. Now, I will tell you, we were also paying a lot of money in taxes. You know, whether you choose to look at that or not, you really need to look at your income you know, from the top, what you're bringing in or what you're, what you're grossing and look at the bottom line income of what you're netting and then look at expenses. Cause I promise you, like, for example, in real estate, you know, there are certain tax benefits that you get off income in real estate and business income in general, right? That you need to be like, well, I, you know, if I'm trying to replace my income, I don't have to necessarily go dollar for dollar, you know? So anyway, as we're talking about this, <clears throat> when I started this this whole journey, I'm just, I'm just going to use round numbers. These aren't exactly right, but, you know, we, we were grossing around a, a quarter million a year. We were paying a lot in taxes and just walk with me here. I think that netted out to be like, this, for round numbers, let's call it 15000 a month in, um, in, in income. Okay. Now that money went to, we're going to round number, say, you know, 6000 in debt. Now that debt was mortgage. That debt was, uh, student loans. That debt was car payments. Um, and I think that was it. We had then, you know, we had been to see a, a a CFP, a certified or certified financial professional, right? Your typical money guy that most of the public has access to. And so we had life insurance expenses. We had, um, whole life insurance policies that we had purchased that were not structured properly, by the way. So call that another, <clears throat> I don't know, $500 in whole life and, and term insurance we are paying. You know, you have auto insurance that you have to have, you have gas, like all this kind of stuff. We, we, we live pretty well. So let's say we spent, you know, $1,000 on groceries a month. Cause my life, my wife likes to shop at Whole Foods, you know, and um let's say we spent 1000 to 1500 out playing, I mean, you can start to see that that, that money evaporates pretty quickly, right? <clears throat> and so, just believe me when I say, when I first started looking at this, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, man, we're, you know, we're bringing in a lot, but we're spending a lot. You know, there's just not a whole lot of money left at the end of the month after we do everything. And so, we were saving some and that was good. So the first thing that I did on expenses was, you know, I, I'm an engineer, remember? So I made a Pareto chart. I looked at all my expenses and said, what, what is the biggest bar that I'm spending every month? You know, and I did it in groups. So that was debt. That was the first thing to look at. Then I had insurance and then, I, you know, all that kind of went down from there. Well, <sighs> when you start looking at your debt, most people are like, well, let's just, Take that as it is because, I mean, you know, Dave Ramsey will tell you to go find your biggest loan and just start slamming money into it to pay it down, right? Well, conventional wisdom told me, no, 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 don't don't hurry up and pay your debt down. Invest in your 401k instead so that instead of paying a 4% off, you can can put money in something that earns you 7% hopefully and you're making a 3% spread. Well, that doesn't get you anywhere quickly. That barely keeps up with inflation, guys. So, in terms of net profit, because if I'm spending four on that dollar and I'm making seven, I'm not making that much when you net it out. So, the first thing I did was look at my debt. And I'll tell you what, you know, you can look at, at getting rid of debt as an investment because it, it is lowering your liability. That is a guaranteed return on investment of that interest rate because you're paying it off early, right? And it is also creating time. When, you, when you're when you an entrepreneur and you think about that time, all of a sudden you have that time, which you can go 10x your revenue with, right? So don't, don't just think of expenses in the scarcity mindset of I only have this much money and I need to spend less. So I keep more. No, think of expenses as minimizing y- your liability so that you don't have to have as much income in the moment, you know, with your job, for example, so that you can then go and spend that new valued time 10xing your income and go from there, you know. So, the way this really started manifesting itself, my biggest expense was my mortgage. Okay? And we can do a whole episode on this part, probably, but let's talk about high level what I did. Most people don't know if you own your home, you don't have to use a a traditional mortgage. That translates to death pledge, by the way, because it it is truly a product that, you know, you're not really ever intended to pay off. You know, they, they want to keep you in a mortgage in perpetuity the way they used to work back in the day, you know, was, but this is before fractional reserve lending was introduced. And the reason banks want deposits, by the way, this is the only thing I'll say about this, for every dollar you put in there, and and for every dollar in hard assets they have, they can lend out 10. So they really like you if you put a million bucks in the bank, cause they can now lend, make loans in excess of 10 million, right, on you with your money. So that's the funny thing about banks. They don't have to have in the bank what they loan out. So anyway, when that happened, when when the government allowed them to do that, all of a sudden, the traditional mortgages used to work like lines of credit. It was just like a big credit card. If you needed a tractor, you'd put a line of credit on your farm and they would give you, you know, $50,000 to go buy your tractor. Well, as you got income coming back in off that tractor, you know, from your crops, for example, you could put, you know... 10,000 a month or whatever back onto your line of credit and pay it down. Well, now you you have the entire amount of that line of credit open again. That doesn't work that way anymore. If you buy a house with $400,000, even if I go write a check for $30,000 in one year, my payment next month is going to be the exact same. Principal and interest amortization schedule. It's terrible. So what I discovered is, just walk with me here, you can actually put a line of credit, a home equity line of credit on your home that is basically like a, you know, this just like a credit line on your house. It is not a mortgage. They will pay off your entire mortgage, and so all you will be responsible for every month is the interest on that balance. And when you get into the entrepreneurial world or real estate or whatever else, you're gonna start coming into random windfalls of cash, right? So let's say you have $50,000 come in. Well, I can go write a $50,000 check against my $200,000 mortgage and my balance will now be 150,000, you know? And I'm only paying interest on that 150,000, you know? And then if I need to use that 50,000 again to go invest it somewhere else, I can pull it right back out just like a credit card a very very low interest credit card by the way like 3% and go deploy it and then when I get that money back I can put it back on my house and pay less interest. So the point is look at your home because that will allow you to probably a tap into equity if you if you get a nice appraisal and your credit line's big enough. But two or, or what a and two look at me a and b B is um, you will actually be, able, I was able to lower my mortgage payment from $2,700 a month to $1,400 a month just with that stunt. That's an, actu- an actual figure. Okay, so right there I created $1,300 in expense savings or additional income if you, if you think about it that way. Okay, now guess what that did? Now all of a sudden, <clears throat> I have this credit card on my house now, now guys do not I repeat do not go buy a car go buy toys don't go buy a boat this is not what this is for right this is something to invest in paying off debt or investing investing in yourself or investing in in uh, you know something that makes you money investing in assets like what we talked about before right I consider I they,
0: assets well, let's let's take a, a pause there because you're I I had the same exact thought. When people hear home equity line of credit, mm-hmm. they immediately go to, "Oh my gosh, it's basically like a, a a credit card, right?" And the opportunity is, well, now I can go buy more things, right? And that's and not going to help me that. get ahead. Yeah. You absolutely can go do that. that. This is again, you know, harps on the fact that you can have many many uh, tactics, but if you don't have an overall strategy that helps align those tactics you can get yourself into trouble very quickly. Mm-hmm. So again, using this home equity line of credit as, as an example, you could very well go through and, and go through that process and then go out and buy new cars or go out and buy whatever. And now all of a sudden, you're going to be in a worse position than where you were. Right. So it's, it's almost, again, you can use this tactic, but then how is this tactic going to be used in your overall strategy of getting – more you know to reduce your expenses you don't want to do do this and then all of a sudden get more expenses because mm-hmm. that difference in cash flow all of a sudden you're like well now I can go get that new Mercedes or now I can go get that new Ford or or Tesla or whatever else yep and and that's something to just be cautious of is as you go through this there's opportunities to be open but there's also what's that vision right what's that Strategy that you're going to go with. So I'm sorry. Keep keep going. No, that's this right. Then,
1: because then you just financed another toy, and you're no better than you were, right? Right. But let's think about what we can do with that. So you know, in doing that, I, I opened up about $150,000 of of available credit. Okay. So let's just say now I have that available. It's still on my credit line. I haven't used it. Let's put it to the side. The next thing I did was look at, I mentioned that I had a whole life insurance policy that I bought like four years before. I'd been paying about 300 to 400 bucks into it every month because that's just how whole life insurance works. Mm -hmm. But it had cash value. I was like, "Gee, yep. this this isn't structured properly." You know, we can do an episode on the infinite banking concept and and things of how you can use whole life insurance to actually
0: finance your life. That's a whole detailed which, topic, probably a season in itself. Which, spoiler alert, that's that's part of our our vision on on a topic that we want to cover. Yeah. It's, there's a lot we'll to talk about it, but let's <clears throat> let's get the right you know the right yeah. conversation, the right again the strategy, the the tactics married up so that it actually helps yeah. you and not you just say, well, all life insurance is the same and it's not. you go out and you buy <laughs> and you find out it wasn't structured properly. And so there's like I did, you know, right. And so there's a I've, lot of opportunities, but there's also a lot of traps, which is why right. making sure you understand fully, right. It goes back to what Chad said. And like the first episode of what Warren Buffett said, only invest in the things that make sense to you. And if it doesn't make sense to you, go find somebody that it does, that can make sense of it and make sense of it for yourself. Right. And
1: so I did buy that wrong insurance policy. Okay. And I realized it. So I was like, okay, well, gee, I've got this life insurance policy that I, I can't, I couldn't stop because it's not worth what you, what you're paying for it until like year five, right? Well, I was coming up on year five, frustratingly yeah. enough. And so I had put about 12,000 into it. It was worth about 12,000. Okay. I'm just going to cut this thing. Cause like I'm paying like 400 bucks a month into it. It's not doing any good for me. It's not structured properly. I don't want it. I'm going to take the cash value out. So all of a sudden I had $12,000, right? What did I do with that? I wrote a check to Chase and paid off the one of the auto loans. So now all of a sudden, not only did I save a $400 expense, I saved a $600 car payment, right? So I'm now, I've now increased my spread by $2,300. If you're keeping count, $1,300 on the house, uh, roughly 400 on the, on the insurance and 600 on the car. So all I'm doing, like, guys, I haven't made any more money at this point. My my income is exactly the same. All I've done is play a shell game and move things around, you know? So now I'm, I'm $2,300 positive. Okay. Well, what else can I do? Hmm. So the next thing I did was took that hundred thousand of that 150 that was on that credit line that we talked about from the house and I didn't go buy a car, you know, what I did was I went and bought equity in a real estate deal that we were doing. I put $100,000 into an apartment complex that is generating me about, you know, $1,000 a month. That's a little over a 10 cash on cash a year. If you multiply that out and you know, so 12,000 divided by a hundred. So now for putting $100,000 in that, by the way, that that's on the line of credit. It cost me, I think it's 3.75%, right? But I'm making. 12, you know, about uh, 11 or 12% on that money, right? So, I've now increased my my cash flow a $1,000 a month, right? Plus the the 23 we've saved. I'm now $3,300 $3, a month in the green, you know, and I've only taken on a minimal interest expense to do that, right? And so, that that is called using a line of credit to further your income, okay? So, that was a spread that I made. And so at this point, I've basically almost replaced myself with, with a, you know, a half of my salary, you know, if you, if you divide that out, because, you know, just, just simply by moving things around and being more efficient with what I had, you know? Yeah. And then I think the fi- what was the final thing
0: that we had done? Because there was one more, I did this so long ago, it's hard Pro- to- Probably uh, the normal slicing and dicing of, you know, are you going out? You know, do you need the hundred did you change anything by the way there? Like the hundred, you know, uh, or a thousand dollars a month for groceries, or do you say, eh, maybe we'll get some stuff organic from Whole Foods and then you know, other stuff in bulk or or, or yeah, was yeah, that even I, I believe was in that too small ball and you said no. let's just go
1: the funny thing is the stuff that, the stuff most people track, like gas and groceries, that, that actually was a smaller part of our Small budget. Small piece of it's it. Like, it's yeah. like you're tracking, like the, Pareto's law, right? We were tracking 80% of the transactions that were only 20% of the spend.
0: You know, it was the big ones that were the problem. Which is and, an example, guys, for majoring in the minor things. Yeah. When, when we say this, a lot of times people are like, hey, hey, somebody else does that. I don't do that. And you're like, but if you're tracking... You know, fuel, and you're tracking some of the stuff where it's Mm -hmm. you know number five or six on your list of things that are actually costing you month over month. Yeah, I hate to break it to you. There's a little self-reflection that that could be used there. It is. So,
1: and so we believe investing in your health. So eating healthy is expensive. I'll give you that. And so, yeah, we still probably spend between seven hundred fifty and a thousand at at the grocery Mm -hmm. store every month. It's we we want to eat healthy. We buy produce that way. You know, so. Crucify me on that. But that's what we choose to do. Now, yes, we did lump a spending budget together and say, don't spend more than, you know, a thousand bucks on going out, you know, uh, on buying things, like just all the random stuff. Like just th- the think ram- more the about random saying, you know. Amazon
0: purchases. Were, yeah. And it, truthfully,
1: like Amazon is the bulk of our spend these, days, even groceries because, you know, Whole Foods goes through Amazon now. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, we, we did, we did work on that a little bit, but that really wasn't the, the biggest driver here. And I think the other one, oh, the other one was, you know, you guys hear about this all the time on TV. We consolidated all of our insurance. We, we got homeowners, auto, um you know liability and and life insurance all from the same provider and yep. that actually lowered our our expenses a few hundred more dollars so like just just with optimizing the typical American household with a few tricks you probably didn't know about what 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 is that now we're at, we're at like forty five hundred dollars that we that we changed just in that and so I'm, t- I'm telling you and, and that that is a tremendous load off when all of a sudden yeah you know, yeah, maybe I'm not in, oh no, I forgot the biggest thing. We're going to come back to that. So the biggest thing is, and COVID helped me with this part, once you leave a corporate job, this this was part of what helped me leave my corporate job. So I'd done all this and I was looking at, I was like, okay, I've got about $150,000 in, in a corporate 401k plan that I can't touch, right? Well, this is this is just called keeping up with the times, right? Because as soon as I left GE, I knew I could get access to that. Now I would have to pay a penalty, right? Knowing your current tax situation because that leaving GE made me a real estate professional because that means I was then focusing all of my time on real estate. You know, I could use other losses from my business like depreciation on ass, on, on the real estate assets to offset the penalty that comes from removing money from the retirement account. Because in my view, they they, they give you that penalty because they want to make sure you're saving for retirement. So the government, they being the government, so they don't have to take care of you later, right? Or they can minimize their care for you. If you're listening to this call, you're the exception because, you know, I fully believe money in my hands today is going to be in a lot better care than if it was sitting in a retirement account being managed by some fund manager, you know? So, I took the penalty. I was like, I'm just going to take the penalty. I'm going to let the taxes offset. And all of a sudden, I had another 150 grand right there that I could go invest and generate more income, right? So, all of this, by the way, none of, none of this that we did had anything to do with increasing income. I used exa- you know, just exactly what I had from the typical American life and optimized it. And all of a sudden I changed my life by close to I think now we're up to about because once I invested that, we're up to about sixty five hundred dollars a month in net, you know, net income generation, if you will, because you've lowered expenses and or increased income.
0: Yeah. You know. And and so there's gonna be a lot of people, I'm sure, that'll that'll say, oh my God, he said, you know, the tricky 401k and retirement. And and I can't touch that. And and you know, SP five hundred is a has a standard, you know, eight percent year over year. Uh blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and that's okay. Right. We're not yeah. saying completely overhaul. We're not saying that you thou shalt go do all this stuff. These are merely additional tactics, right? Yeah. That's what Chad did. These are additional tactics that can be used if you are looking to build wealth. The Point is you're not, you're not going to find
1: this in a, book. there's no how to book on this. The point is get right. scrappy. Look at what you have, look at what you know how to do. You know, and and yeah, if you tap into four hundred one k money, if you tap into your home, if you're someone who who can't be responsible with that money, don't do it because you're just you're, you're going to blow it, right? But yeah. if you can be self yeah, that. if you can be responsible with that money and use it to grow your income, yeah, do it. You, you're, I promise you, no one is going to do better at at ten xing your income than you will. You know, right?
0: And and again, it gets it gets into so many people are are worried from a place of scarcity. I don't know that I'll be able to make as much money tomorrow. And what if money vanishes, right? I need to save it today for a better tomorrow because these were, you know, save money for a rainy day. The list could go on for all the things that you were taught and told throughout your whole life. And what Chad's focusing on or what, you know, one of the things that Chad isn't saying and is saying all at the same time is, you have to have the ability of trusting yourself to make money, everything in what you've done thus far. Let's say you've got money in a 401k. Let's say you don't have money in a 401k. If you have, you know, a ton of debt or you don't have a ton of debt, all of that is based on the, on you and you can change. That's the best thing. That's the best gift that, that was ever given to humanity was that we have the opportunity to change, right? Change our identity, change the amount of money, change the amount that we save all of it. And so, knowing yourself is 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 one of the biggest steps. The second is starting to understand if some of this stuff sounds intriguing, find people who have done it. Find people who have gone through where you've gone, right? Chad is, you know, when Chad talks about the home equity line of credit, there was a time when Chad didn't know that. It's not like he was, you know, they gave him a book on it in, in engineering school. No. It was something that he, <laughs> he heard somewhere in a conversation. He got super curious about it. He found, you know, who are the people learning from? Who are the people that have done it successfully? Talked with them, understood what's the right process? How do I go through it? Yeah. Because again, everything in life is tricky. It's simple, but it can be tricky. So, making sure that you know where to step and how to step so that you're really building out that strategy, your life strategy in in getting where you want to go to.
1: That's important. And, and I mean, the nugget there th- that you mentioned I, what I didn't tell you on that home equity line of credit strategy, you know, people call it the infinite home, ec- or the infinite HELOC, right? Mm-hmm. I paid a thousand dollars for a crash course and how to do it, and it's paid for itself dividends over, you know, so that you, most people look at that as an expense and something you don't need. I looked at it as I'm investing in my knowledge and I now know how to do
0: this, and I can talk with you very confidently about how it works because I've done it, you know. So, and that thousand dollars that he invested was well worth saying. I've seen all the horror cases. I don't want to step into that because seeing the horror cases, you know, when it turns out really poorly and people have lost, you know, tons and tons of money, a thousand dollars isn't worth it. Right. Yeah. If you don't well, have a thousand dollars, let's, let's start, you know, again, go back to the last episode, start with time, start with, you know, there it's, it's amazing. The amount of help wanted posters out everywhere. You
1: want to talk about 10 xing your money. All right. I spent $1,000 on that course. It opened up $150,000 in house money that I did not have before, right? Now, yes, it's a credit line, but that is money that I could then go deploy. That is a 15X on that $1,000, right? Yeah. You know, think, think about where you can deploy your money and to get that.
0: And, and there's a I think there's a big fallacy around credit where there's a big fear around credit uh, because people are saying, you know, oh, there's, you know, credit is bad. Every time you go buy a car, you're using it on credit. Your house, mortgage, kind of like a credit, right? People, people are living and breathing credit all the time. It's just whether or not you are, you know, everything can use you equally as you can use it, right? Social media—it can use you, huh? What's the critical question there,
1: though? If you're using credit to buy assets that are putting money back in your pocket, that's a good thing. If you're using credit to buy liabilities, like financing a TV or financing a car or financing a, you know, insert toy here, boat, motorcycle, gun, whatever, that is not a good use of credit, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
0: Now, if you were to, you know, a a different way, because Chad had said gun, let's say, Let's let's take that or a boat or a car. If you were to go buy, let's say, a classic car that you know that is appreciating, or a gun that's that's super rare and you know it's an investment, right? There are assets out there that you can't right, go do. Right. But but to Chad's point, you know, you just go out and buy the new sparkly thing right now. Then yeah, it's gonna it's you know that thousand dollars that that you that you take out to go buy that, you know, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's now worth you know six hundred dollars or or eight hundred dollars or whatever that it is yeah, that's, that's putting you in a strategy that's set for pain, not for growth, not for prosperity. Uh, A lot of stuff we're talking about, it kind of requires getting that foundational step of what that strategy is. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I urge if you don't have a strategy, if you don't understand what that is, you know, reach out to us. That's, that's exactly, you know, reach out to the people who you can learn something from. We're all in this together. Um, there's, there's definitely, you know, you don't have to just say, well, I'll have to just go figure it out the hard way and go do my own type strategy. If, if that's not something that comes intuitive to you, right? Same thing with Chad. Chad could have went and probably read every single book and, and every single paper that was ever published on home equity line of credit. But he said, if I can just go learn from this guy who is the expert in that, that already knows, you know, the right loans and the right ways to say it and how to set up, you know, the right paperwork and, and all this other stuff. Now, all of a sudden you start opening yourself up to advance being able to move and gain your time back and your money because you're, you're moving towards the right strategy. So same thing goes with strategy. Same thing goes with tactics. Same thing goes in every area of life. If you don't know how to go do it and you need some help, go get that help. Don't don't be proud that you have to go do it all yourself because people who try to do it all themselves exactly what Chad talked about last episode leads to burnout, leads to the ebbs and flows that just takes you right off your feet and drowns you. So right. don't do that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. What other um, what other things around expenses is is do you, is there anything that you think that we need to cover or do you think that that's everything that we've kind of covered is Actually, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I I asked that question and while you're thinking I've, I, I do have something, another area for budgeting that can help. Um, that's something that Amber and I have done is gone through needs, wants, and wishes. Needs are okay. I've got, you know, I have a house. Um, I need to keep it heated, right? So we don't freeze to death. Uh, we need to have food so we don't, you know, starve. Um, you know, what are the bare essentials of the actual needs that you have? And if it's, you're not going to be able to survive, that's a need. The wishes or the wants are the things that like, uh, you know, and I'm talking, you know, needs and wants could be just simply, you know, you cook your own food, you know, that's, that's your need. You just need food. Wants are, you know, I want to go out to eat, right. I want to be, um, I don't know. Uh, the new, the new car payment, the new whatever else, right? But break them down into needs, wants, and wishes. Wishes are obviously things of like, you know, going out to concerts or going out to to things, right? And and if that doesn't work for you because again, you don't want to to strap yourself, then don't do it. But that was something that we found that got real big on clarity, especially with a partner, that you can start going. Maybe this isn't something that we really need, right? Or you start nixing out and say, ah, we spend money on this, but we don't really, we don't really use it or we don't really enjoy it. What I really would want is to go get a massage once a month, right? Then put it in the lawn, right? It it allows you a time to kind of shake things up. I know there's an app right now that, that goes through all your different expenses of what is it, you know, how much are you spending monthly and yearly on all these random subscriptions on stuff, you know, take that audit, figure out that stuff because you may be spending money on Hulu, let's say, and you don't ever even open Hulu, (laughs) close Mm -hmm. it down, right? Mm -hmm. You can always, it'll always be there tomorrow waiting to take your money. You know, if if you're spending money on stuff that you're not really using, but you want to go use it, you know, reward yourself, take the time, you know, have a date night bucket, put that in that, you know, I look at that as a need the money that Amber and I spend on each other to, you know, to go out and do things special for each other. I view that as a need, the same thing with healthy food. If you, you could, as a bare necessity need eat ramen and beans for, you know, 20 years, that also will lead to probably close to a million dollars worth of, of medical bills when all said and done, because, you know, you didn't get all the nutrition that that you really needed. So, take it with a grain of salt, but but really start thinking about the areas of what's really important to you and start building out what that need list is.
1: That's exactly it. You know, and, and Eric, I know you and I in our corporate world have, have learned this, but the things that get measured and get tracked can be improved, right? You can't get results if you don't track it. And so doesn't mean you have to do a massive spreadsheet or get a fancy app. You can do all those things. You can do it in the envelope system, whatever it is, you know, just just make sure you're watching it, you know, because then you can actually control what what those expenses are, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I mean, I I challenge you guys also, look at your income, look at your pay stub because most people don't look at this. They look at what hits their account. Look at what you're actually on salary or getting paid hourly, whatever it is. Look at what you're actually bringing in. Look at what is being deducted for taxes and look at what you're netting. Okay. And and understand that difference because I promise you, this is a sad fact, but as the working class population, those who are W two or, or, you know, um, hourly workers, you pay the highest tax dollar for dollar in this country. It will never change. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever else. The majority of money that is made in this country is made by wage earners. The government will never stop taxing you because they, even if you, we can even tax the 1% at 50% if you want. It will still not make up more tax money than you provide the government. So a, a big part of, of understanding how to lower your expenses, you know, taxes are an expense. Okay, most of us are working until March or April just to pay the government. It's a sad fact. You know, when you're at 25 or 35 percent tax bracket, that's kind of what you're doing. So understand that and start to when you're looking at ways to generate more income, figure out what ways can you know actually lower your tax bill as well, because that that is
0: you know an expense just like your take home expenses. And there and it's an interesting thing. You know, again, HSAs, uh, 401ks. Um, IRAs, right? These are all things. And again, if you have questions on these, it's getting to be tax season. So go talk, you know, maybe now might be a, a harder time for, for a one-on-one, but think of of the off season, go find an accountant that does, you know, your ta- maybe it's the guy that does your taxes, guy or girl that does your taxes. In the off season, go buy him a cup of coffee and say, hey, what could I do to overhaul my tax strategy? Right it may be dial on this lever in the HSA up because that brings your overall taxable amount down while saving for healthcare. It could be 401k. It could be doing an IRA. It could be, you know, starting a business and start using, you know, existing assets as a tax deduction, right? You have a business and you work out of your home, your house now is a tax deduction, right? Your cell phone bill, you know, if you've got a business, your cell phone bill that you're using to support your business can become a tax deduction.
1: By the way, you work for a company and you work out of your house, it is still a tax deduction. So think about that in the COVID world.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And and, yeah. and and so don't, don't minimize, right? A lot of people just go, oh, 20, you know, taxes, just tax whatever it is. The one of the, th- the trickiest things around wealth is building, you know, that understanding around tax. Tax can't tax is a simple word, but a very complex entity. It doesn't have to be. You just have to find the right people that are educated in the tax bill to figure out how to actually move it from there. That's kind of why there's been so much. You know, one of the underlying things where people are starting their own businesses and becoming, you know, whether it's a real estate investor, they set up an LLC. That's their company, right? That you, you, People are doing this, you know, and and even if you are doing, uh, you know, making soaps and selling them, getting honey and selling them, whatever that it is, right? All of that stuff is a business that you can start looking at your whole tax bill completely differently, and that's an area for growth. That again, to Chad's point, that's instant cash flow that's happening today, right? Exactly what he just said. You can't, what you can't make progress until you measure it, right? Progress requires taking something to be measured. In order to measure it, you have, I'm going to take it one step further. In order to measure it, you have to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't make progress until you, until you measure it and you can't measure something until you're aware of it. So the first step is to become aware of it. Walk through everything, right. There's tons of YouTube courses out there that walks through, you know, how is tax assumed and what are the tax rates and how tap into that stuff, man. Get curious, get super curious about how you can, you know, unlock an extra 20, 30, 50, 100, 000, multiple thousands of dollars a month. And you're going to start to see that, that you, you actually have money. I'm sure there's, there's, there's trimming the fat that can happen that will open you up to getting that time and starting that momentum and we're really talking about building a snowball and throwing it down the hill. That's how an avalanche happens. That's how massive wealth is generated. It's taking us. It all. Every single person. I don't care if you're Bezos. I don't care if you're Musk. I don't care who you are. It all started with a small little snowball that got thrown down the hill. I think we're gonna well, let Eric have the mic drop on this one. I was gonna say. I think that's a pretty good mic drop. I think maybe <laughs> we leave. Unless you have one that, that's better. I think that's the golden no, nugget. I, I, I stole think the golden nugget from you.
1: I think let's <laughs> let's leave it right there. That
0: that is amazing. So getting scrappy with expenses, y'all. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care, guys. See you in the next episode. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately, which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I want to show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself, but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets, and you can start living that life right now.